0: Let's go!
1: Hello and welcome to Hidden Among Us, episode 26. Hi
0: guys! It's December! You know what that means? Christmas. Yes! So it's Christmas. Okay, technically Christmas isn't until like two weeks later, but it's time to crack out like that extremely ugly Christmas sweater your grandma gave you seven years ago. Drink some hot chocolate and play Mariah Carey on repeat oh, because no. it's Christmas season. We do that during Christmas. No, actually, okay. my my siblings call me the Grinch because I don't like Christmas songs oh Cringe. yeah i actually dislike christmas songs a it's lot everywhere it's everywhere and it's so overplayed and like the thing is it's fun to sing along and stuff but i just dislike them so much
2: <laughs> i don't want a lot of christmas <laughs> <laughs> there is just one thing oh, <laughs> I-, I forgot the lyrics
0: I need that's the right. I need
2: that's the and I and I don't oh my God. know the other lyrics, but I know that I can't even tune, I I can't something
0: sing. something underneath the Christmas
2: tree. Then as you can tell <laughs> I'm great with Christmas carols. I I'm more of a like... jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bell <laughs> swing and jingle bell ding. I don't know. Ding? <laughs> is it ding? I don't know. It's not. You know, like... If you believe in this, it will be.
0: <laughs> Every year when my family puts up our Christmas tree, my siblings play Christmas carols. And it's like... <laughs> the worst thing ever because like setting up the Christmas tree is stressful I don't know about anyone out there who finds joy in putting up the Christmas tree I think it's super stressful because you have to like put the different you have to like put the tree so like there's the bottom layer then the second layer then the top layer then uh-huh. you have to fluff out all the branches okay I freaking hate fluffing out the branches so you fluff them out then after that you have to think about placement of like the ornaments because you cannot put like three gold ornaments in a row you have to like put some variation and it's so stressful
1: how is it stressful
0: it is stressful you don't have to think so deeply look okay your christmas tree is gonna look really ugly if you put three gold ornaments in a row okay so you have to like think about which branch to put the ornaments on And, like, what colour to put it on so that it's, like, a nice-looking tree. Then, on top of that, you have to put the lights. Yes. It is, okay? It is. And if you think about lights, okay? I'm telling you, every year, it's a fun game of seeing if the lights are functional because we don't (laughs) even use it for, like, a whole year. So, it's like, we take out the lights and we're like, okay, let's see how many have blown out. And, (laughs) yeah, we just... Hold on to faith, and then we put on the lights, which is also another whole thing. See, this is why people think I'm the Grinch, but I actually enjoy Christmas. I love Christmas.
2: My Christmas I just don't like the setup is so different from yours because my sister is the one decorating it. It looks hideous, oh. but she finds it beautiful. <laughs> it literally has no color scheme to it. It has like blue bells. And then you know those streamers. It's white and gold. I thought we were going to go for like a silver team because you know got blue. She wanted a gold star and she insisted on a gold star. Oh my so God. my Christmas tree—it's pretty ugly, but you know, I—I'm pretty sure I would I'm, have three I'm sure gold ornaments cute. in a row. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: on the same branch. <laughs> oh no! One year, my my siblings like we tried to put a dinosaur as our star, and then our mom yelled at us. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's out the window. Also, like interestingly, this year because now we have a rabbit, so we have we had to like figure out the tree so that you know the rabbit doesn't like oh. destroy it. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's still destroying it. He he chews on the tree. So there's like bits of the tree on the floor because he like chewed it off.
2: Do you oh get God. a real tree or like a plastic tree? No, ours is a plastic tree. Okay. Because I would imagine yeah. that if you have a um, real Christmas tree.
0: I'm pretty sure it's toxic to mm. rabbits. Mm.
2: Oh. So, I think in pets yeah. in general.
0: Mm. No, okay, but like... In, I know I'm not least. a fan of Live trees Because like You use it for like A month or so And then what Actually happens- what happens After that Can you so, keep it all year year round?
2: Cause honestly I would I no. don't mind having Christmas tree all year round
0: Because oh, um, If I'm not wrong A lot of Christmas trees That are sold Are like already cut off So they Eventually just die And then people just Throw them away
2: How do you discard A tree in Singapore
0: Uh, They don't
1: sell Very very big trees though I don't know Yeah that's true I
2: don't know man I think they have the like Taller than our Hide that kind of trees I just see them
1: like Thrown with the trash Like you know Oh wow Yeah Just like the roadside
2: You know what I'll go and observe this year What my neighbours do With their trees Yeah Quite interesting I know I
0: mean Plastic trees Aren't the most Environmentally friendly But like they last The longest They last
2: very long you can use one tree yeah. like the same base for like forever i, mean, I doubt live trees are very,
1: very environmentally friendly either
2: exactly yeah i think it's worth thinking about tree, the way yeah, i mean
0: the,
1: the way they farm them like i don't think it's friendly. yeah
0: yeah i was i was thinking more about the way they're disposed that one is more environmentally friendly or maybe not um not know. in
2: singapore i feel because i don't think we separate I
0: mean they end up in um what's it called? A burner incinerator and then it just becomes ash.
2: Yeah, exactly. So
0: Putting. Yeah. Uh, Well, this year we also had to like figure out um placements. So Jaron is sitting out there. My family, we have a five foot tall inflatable T Rex in our living room. Yes. Like, it's very (laughs) dear to my family's heart. It's huge. So what happens is, (laughs) it's huge. It's like nearly as tall as me. So what happens is, every year, when we have to put up the Christmas tree, we basically move the T-Rex from the position (laughs) it's in to like this other corner in our house. But the problem is, the place that we put the the, the T-Rex is now the location of Leo's um, pen. So we couldn't put it there. So we had to f- like rearrange the way it looks. So the, t- the T-Rex had to stay where it was. And then we just moved the Christmas tree to like the middle of this area. Anyway, it just it looks kind of odd. But what so- happened was we have like metal um grids to create like a little fence. Um, and we put it around the T-Rex because we don't want Leo to go in there and chew on it and puncture it. Unfortunately, (laughs) um I think we messed up the other day because somehow Leo managed to get in and he actually bit a hole in the T-Rex. So now it's deflating. Oh shit. Patch up the hole. Everyone is really sad. Because okay, one of my our favorite things about this T Rex is on like during Christmas season, you put a little Christmas hat on it. (laughs) So And then we take like Pictures together But yeah So it's deflating You try and patch it it up
2: up. Yeah We've tried tape But it's not working No it cannot be tape You ask your brother For like the army Black tape I think that works really well That solves everybody's lives Like That black tape Mm. I'm sure your brother Would know about it 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 can fix anything Even your life (laughs) That's what the army (laughs) Yeah i think my
0: dad ordered like special tape or something but yeah anyway um it's deflating it's now got um a sad limp it's like leaning to one side (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) when we can't even like yeah yeah when chris first took a picture of her living room and it had a big dinosaur i would i just looked and i just huh what what what's that (laughs) She had to explain to me the whole story of how she got a dinosaur. She's like, "Wow, because I've never seen a human-sized dinosaur inflatable in anyone's house before." So <laughs> honestly, and it just chills there. I would want to buy one and scare my sister someday. It's not scary. It's kind of cute. Like my you can put things on dinosaur. it. Like oh, she's scared of T. Rexes. <laughs> Oh no. Oh no. I love dinosaurs. I blame them on McDonald's. Because McDonald's has, you know, whenever you get Happy Meal, they give you a gift Mm -hmm. and you can just bring a Mm -hmm. toy or book. And they have a book. So my sister always chooses the book option. And it's a dinosaur series. And I don't know, it's a horrible series. Like, honestly, right, I feel like McDonald's purposely... The book... Someday, I'm just going to pass it to you. But it has the ridi- the most ridiculously long dinosaur names. Whenever I have to read my sister bedtime stories and she picks that book, I start to cry inside also. <laughs> Not just for my sister, <laughs> but for myself. Because I can never pronounce those dinosaurs' names. And it's like the weirdest I mean... sounding kind. I just... Wow. So, and my sister, this, the, the 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 story always revolves around, like, them being chased by dinosaurs. So, so I think it reinforces that, you know. The...
0: Oh no, that's so sad. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I have dinosaurs, like, all around me. I have a little, like, stuffed T-Rex on my desk. And I also have um this plastic Jurassic World Velociraptor on my table that I sit at all the time. <laughs> mm. So yeah. Love dinosaurs. <laughs>
2: Somehow we went from Christmas to dinosaurs. Uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. me <laughs> my story in about Christmas or about dinosaurs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what kind of crime story would it be involving dinosaurs, though?
2: Um. Actually, that's true. Honestly, a Christmas murder. You know what? Christmas
0: special will be Christmas-themed stories. Stay tuned, guys. Look at us making plans on the fly.
2: Santa Claus is actually a murderer. (laughs) Kidding. Oh my gosh. But I was saying that my story (laughs) has uh, nothing to do with dinosaurs or Christmas. Um, It's more to do with girls. And uh, it very coincidentally happens to be three girls. (laughs) <laughs>
0: mm. ah. Oh my god, is it a biography? Is it about the three of
2: us? <laughs> uh, then one of us would do last. so
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one of us is a murderer, <laughs> dude. Chris, what are you talking about? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, who is that? Shen. <laughs> yeah,
1: Shane, we have to like watch out for Chris, she's planning something.
0: No, I feel like I would be the most obvious. Victim, like in in a murder scenario, I think I'll be the first one to die. I am absolutely helpless. I I don't know how to fight. And because you refuse, I would to run. just accept it. Yeah, and I yeah I refuse to run. So I <laughs> just would just take me honestly.
1: <laughs> Bye, Chris. <laughs> Thanks for being the bait.
0: <laughs> oh my yeah. See, I would sacrifice myself. Then the both of you will live to see another day. <laughs> My autopsy report will be... Just accepted her fate.
2: <laughs> Stood there and screamed. <laughs> okay, yes. But my story it revolves around the victim... Named, you know... Skylar Annette niece. She was born in February 10, 1996. So that was... um Two years before. Two years for me and Honda... And one year for Chris. So that's... She's yeah, pre- a year. Um and she died on July 6, 2012. So she was an American oh, teenage girl. Yeah. She was an American teenage girl who disappeared from her home in Star City, West Virginia, around midnight on July 6, 2012. Her hmm. remains were found on January 16, 2013. That is half a year later. Oh. Yeah. In Wayne Township. Oh my Wayne god, Township, okay. Yeah. It is quite a long crime, and I will tell you guys why it only took half a year later. So Skylar was was the only child of Mary and Dave Nis. At the time that Mary Nis worked as an administrative assistant in a cardiac lab, and Dave Nis, the father, was a product exemplar at Walmart. So Skylar was a student Mm. at the university high school who wanted to become a criminal lawyer. She worked at Wendy's with her two close friends. The three of them, Skyler Niece, Sheila Eddie, which I will re- refer to as Eddie, and Rachel Sherolf, which I will refer to as Sherolf, attended University High School together, which is north of Morgantown, West Virginia. So Niece had known Eddie mm. since she was eight years old, and Eddie had met Sherolf in their freshman year. But, mm. <laughs> the interesting part Ooh. is, you know, I'll just spoil it for you guys early. Niece was murdered by. <laughs> Two of her friends, Shof mm. and Eddie.
0: Gee, I wonder who.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, so thanks to the trio's many, many social media posts, it was actually very clear that niece, Eddie, and Shof had underlying tensions with each other. Nis would actually tweet oh things like, for example, in May 31st, 2012, would post, You are a two-faced bitch and obviously fucking <laughs> stupid if you thought I wouldn't find out. Another tweet from that spring also said, too bad my friends are having lives without me. <laughs> so it was actually very apparent that um even though they were uh, like two niece, uh, the victim, that Eddie and Shof were becoming closer friends without her. So there's a lot of jealousy in the friendship. Yeah, so... um, This feels th- like a very like mm-hmm. lower sec,
0: like a oh lower God. secondary school dispute. Like what? I've seen so much of this... In yeah. my school, especially among girls. Yeah. Like the sub tweeting though. The sub
2: tweeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. I love it. <laughs> so yeah. So social media was actually a big part of how um the how the friends were actually found out to be the murderers, which I will touch on later. Um so mm. the afternoon before Skylarnice Nees she disappeared, she actually tweeted. Sick of being at home. Thanks, friends, with the... the <laughs> What is oh that called? With the ears. Love hanging out with you all too. And the day before, Nis actually posted, you doing shit like this is why I can completely never trust you. So... Amazing. Oh my god. So flashbacks to lower (laughs)
0: sex. Oh my god. I swear, I've seen the exact same things on my Twitter timeline when I was in (laughs) secondary school.
2: Well, to be fair, (laughs) these girls were about... They were the same age. So, 1996, they were 16 years old. So, pretty... It was probably Uh, the age where people were sub to be honest. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so it's still um, the age of subtweets though.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It still is. But less common now, I feel. My timeline. It used to be very obvious when two people weren't happy with each other. I think maybe
0: because like our timeline sort of like matured and grew up with us. That's if you're true. following the same people, you have yeah, but as I said, these were the exact things I used to see back in secondary school. Mm.
2: Yeah, so, you know, the rift in, you know, the trio on their social media actually provided very solid evidence that perhaps Eddie and Showoff had something to do with Nisa's disappearance. Like, to the police mm. when they were investigating. And the most prominent tweet, which I won't give the context now, but I'll just tell you guys first, was that on March 30, 2013, Eddie actually tweeted, we really did go on tree. Oh. But... But you guys, we, we wouldn't know what happened. But I'll just mm. tell you guys a story. So what happened was that on the day of the murder, on July 6th, 2012, at approximately 12.30am, niece actually climbed out of her bedroom window. She, you know, This was actually recorded on the surveillance, like the TV and everything. So mm. it was actually all captured. So she actually came home and then she actually... Left again at twelve thirty, so she climbed of a bedroom window, crossed the street, and got in the back seat of a four door sedan. So, law enforcement mm. officers um you know determined that the sedan had actually been in possession of Sheila Eddie that evening. But before they actually de- determined that, they thought that you know she may have ran away from home. So mm. yeah, three, yeah, the three girls actually then headed northwest from Star City towards Blacksville, um uh, via the US. Route 19, if any of our listeners know where that is. So, the perpetrators actually planned to travel along Route 7, but turned around after spotting a state police car parked in front of a gambling lounge. So, they eventually mm. arrived at a destination just across Pennsylvania state border, a spot where all three girls would occasionally smoke marijuana. <laughs> Cheryl and Eddie have been planning niece-murder for months. so wow. oh they my left. God. They left Eddie's house prepared to carry out the assault on these, nice, bringing with them kitchen knives, paper towels, bleach, cleaning cloths, clean clothes, and a shovel. So they oh actually concealed God. the knives on their persons and hid the remaining items in the trunk of Eddie's vehicle. So so they were actually I, I read that they were actually wearing like long sleeves and it was the weather was hot. But they mm-hmm. were wearing long oh. sleeves. But they she really questioned much about it, but they were wearing it and they had knives underneath, yeah, just in case. That's
0: so wow. insidious! Oh my god, I've got chills And
2: it's the yeah, three of them are supposedly <laughs> best friends. Just saying. Yeah! Oh my god. So, okay. the murder happened. Um, because once the, when the girls were out of the vehicle, um, the perpetrators told me that they had forgotten to bring their lighter. You know, because they smoke marijuana. So, niece actually volunteered mm-hmm. to go back to the vehicle to fetch her own lighter. Once niece had turned her back, Shaw and Eddie began counting the three. They agreed oh, upon shit. signal. So, upon giving the signal, oh, Shaw no. and Eddie began to stab niece. The victim actually mm-hmm. attempted to run. but was only able to run a few feet before Shaw tackled her on the ground and continued the assault. So during the attack, oh Nis managed god. to wrestle Shouaf's knife from her and in an apparent attempt to defend herself, cut Shouaf's knee. Eddie continued to stab Nis until there was complete silence and according to Shouaf, Nis's neck stopped making gurgling sounds. Nis' oh post-mortem no. examination revealed more than 50 stab wounds. Damn, that's oh a lot of rage. Oh my god. That yeah, is that lot. is... That is a lot of rage. Wow. So afterwards, Shawf and Eddie actually attempted to bury the body, first dragging knees to the side of the road, which would not work because the road ran along a creek and the soil was too hard and rocky to dig a hole. Which was actually mm. their original plan. They instead covered Skylar's body with rocks, fallen branches, and dirt. Which I guess is smart, because decomposed body. Yeah. So Shrof and Eddie then returned to the car to clean themselves and the mother seed. Upon completing the mother and cleaning up, Shorov and Eddie left the scene, disposed of their blood-soaked clothing and returned to their homes. But, you know, because of running through, you know, after running through the their, their Twitter accounts and their social media and they matched up and talked to their friends and uni students, they eventually really thought it was these two girls, but these girls were 16. So, you know, it's not really mm. the age to commit any crime. But eventually, um, What happened was that um, Shao's mom actually called the police. And when she was calling the police in the background, she was actually screaming, you know. She actually has been into like very anxious fits very often and she gets very angry very easily, starts screaming and shouting. Um, And, you know, eventually it was uncovered. It was attributed to all the anxiety and the stress from actually committing the murder and holding it for so long. So eventually they both confessed the crime. I mean, they killed their friends. Mm. How long could they hold it between the two of them? So yeah, so Shao's mom. I think was, they might have been
0: experiencing some form of like trauma or PTSD from it.
2: Probably, yeah. So Sharof was actually so even past the mother period, Sharof was very active on social media, very vocal, um, continue posting like certain very insidious tweets. Like for example, the one that said, you know, um, uh, we really did. De- Go. We really did go on three. So so, yeah, so. Well, but the other friend was, uh, the opposite was really silent, um, so yeah. Mm. Um. Eventually, they did confess, and event. Eventually, the investigators actually matched the blood samples in Eddie's trunk to Niece DNA, and she was arrested on May first, twenty thirteen, in the parking lot of Crackle Barrel Restaurant. So. I mean, it's it's quite sad because this happened in July 6th, twenty twelve. So that means that wow, it was close to a whole year before, you know, they mm. they actually got caught. Yeah. So, um, so, Eddie actually was charged with first degree murder and she pled guilty in 2014 and she received a life sentence with a possibility of parole after 15 years. Mm. and Shaouf, guilty of second-degree murder, received a 30-year sentence. And it's likely that she received a lighter sentence because she cooperated in bringing Eddie to justice with both girls tried as adults. Yeah, Mm. because by then, they were 18. Yeah. 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 So, David Nies, which is Kellan Nies' dad, actually says that these two girls did not deserve leniency from the courts. I quote him, he said, they're both sickles and they're both exactly where they need to be, away from civilization, locked up like animals because that's what they are, they're animals. So the morning father occasionally still visits a tree in the woods in Pennsylvania decorated with photos of his only child, Mm. his beloved daughter, cute because of two jealous best friends. And this jealousy part is actually because, you know, um, apparently, niece had it all as a child. Um... She was popular. She was pretty. And that was the main reason that they attributed that they were jealous. But later on, I'll show you guys... I'll, I'll let you guys in on a little more on what could actually be the real reason that is speculated and came out in 2019, actually. But I'll share... I'll keep that for the very last because oh, it's wow. pretty shocking, okay? So, the the thing that... The great thing that came out from this... um this whole incident was the niece family actually helped pass Skylar's law. It's an actual law now, which requires the state issuer mm. Amber Alerts for missing children, even those not believed to be kidnapped. So an Amber Alert was actually not issued oh. in Nisa's disappearance because the circumstances did not meet the four criteria for an alert to be issued, which is one, a child mm. is believed to be adu- abducted. Two, the child is under 18. Three, the child may be in danger of death or serious injury. And four, there is insufficient information to indicate the Amber Alert would be helpful. So, Mm. with this... Mm. um, Without this... In the past, with the Amber Alert thingy, you know, it would need you to wait 48 hours before you can declare a child Mm. missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... um, a West Virginia state legislator from the, the niece family home this introduced a bill called Skylar's Law to modify West Virginia's Amber Alert plan to issue immediate public announcement when any child is reported missing and in danger, regardless of whether the child is believed to have been kidnapped. So, mm-hmm. although it might not have saved niece's life because she was killed before her parents realised she was missing, this new system in West Virginia actually may save some more lives through timely notices of missing children. Mm. Yeah. So this is the very interesting part that popped up in 2019. Mind you, I had to read through um a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of tweets because their account is still public. So if you're interested in looking at all the oh my god yeah, you can you can easily easily find. Like the subtweeting and their websites that compile the subtweets to each other also. Oh my god. Though not very wow. comprehensive, but if you're interested in seeing like the tweets are still there. The and we were and the we really did go on retweet. it's still there as well. It's not deleted. Yeah. But oh okay. Oh my god. So this part is the interesting part. So when Cobang actually interviewed Dave and Mary Nice, they actually talked about coming across Skyland Niece's diary. So the oh. teen hadn't written in it for a year, because Twitter likely replaced it in her daily life compared to, you know, the physical <laughs> book. The journal actually illuminated the dynamics of the trio. So mm. a lot of her diary actually seemed that, you know, that niece was actually not jealous of her friends. Um, not jealous of Eddie, because you know, um, before this, Eddie had said that you. Eddie had it all. Like I said, Sheila Eddie. Um, she was pretty and everything. Um, Skylar mm. was too. But um, one of the things that I think they, they mentioned was also that, like, you know, Eddie um, is pretty and then, you know, niece would, like, be not very happy with it. So, like, she was jealous mm. herself and interfering with her life. And that's why Eddie was not very happy with it. But this diary actually illuminated a lot about the dynamics of this trio so mm. one particular entry stood out so on August 21st 2011 which was um, a year before the murder Skylar actually mm-hmm. Skylar niece actually detailed a night at um, the Rachel's house where the three girls raided Rachel's mother's liquor cabinet they got drunk and and guess what Guess what? Oh no, they freckle freckled. Shroff and Eddie Schroaf and Eddie Um got drunk and made out in every way you could possibly can outside of actually <laughs> effing. That was what she actually wrote in her diary.
0: Oh, oh so they uh. didn't frickle
2: freckle. But they nearly did. Oh so, she was actually oh. locked in the bedroom with them and afraid to leave because Rachel's mother would find out that they had gotten into the liquor. So, Skylar was having to sit there, watch them make out and because she didn't wow. want to get, have them get caught. Two weeks later, actually, oh no! after mentioning the timelines, yes. Skylar actually tweeted, I'd tell the whole school all the shit I have on everyone, which is a lot. Hashtag, if I could get away with it. <laughs> Ooh. So the new theory that came out in 2019 was that many people actually believe that the two girls actually murdered her because Skylar knew about their non-platonic relationship and they were scared that it would get oh. out. Oh. Oh.
0: Yeah. Hmm. So they murdered her because they thought that she would out them.
2: Yes. Oh, that was what was speculated. In court, they were just saying that, you know... In court, the, the ruling was that two girls were jealous of me. And vice versa. But, you know, it was just a lot of, like, tension. And hence, they wanted to kill her. But, honestly, if you think about it, what warrants 50 stabbings?
0: Yeah, this is... A, this jealous? Is 50 Jealousy stabbing. is,
1: like, not... It's so flimsy as a reason.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It, it actually is, actually... But also like the fifty stabbings is very it's angry. Yeah. Like I wouldn't read that as jealousy. I mean, I don't know how the defense and the prosecution argued this, but like 50 stabbings doesn't come across as like jealous. It comes across
2: as rage. I think it's probably come it probably was like rage that came from jealousy.
0: Like an amalgamation of all these emotions. Yeah.
2: Because there were so much tensions for years. But but
0: then but the, the girls never said their reason. So until today it's
2: speculative. No is This it? is this is what they said. That jealousy. That was the main reason in court. Hmm. But this was yeah, what it's, netizens it's honest, came it's very with. Yeah. You if you, if you guys are interested, you guys can go through like the whole diary. I really just picked up what was interesting because other than that it was just like for like like really Younger, teen angst and fighting—really a lot of teen angst. <laughs> it was so funny when when reading it through, but I just felt like it was wow. It was a three sixty turn for me when I read the diary entry. I was like, like wow. I would have never expected that. I would just think that you know it's it's. But to be honest, the two girls, the two friends, they don't seem very remorseful They are mock, mm. mock shot, mm. They took. They were smiling like very <gasps> happy smiling. No. So, no, it is, it is really, really sad. Um, till today, we'll never find out why. But if you guys are interested, just Google their name. You'll find their Twitter accounts. You can scroll through their Twitter accounts. Oh my yeah. god. So, on March 13, 2013, when Eddie tweeted, we really did go on tree. It really, that tweet really meant they really went on tree. And can you imagine the kind of anger and rage of, you know, Eddie to be tweeting such an insidious tweet about (laughs) one, about nine months after they murdered her?
0: Yeah, I think this could have also been used in court to show that, you know, they're just not remorseful. Mm. Yeah,
2: but I guess it was also like, the jealousy element they probably argued their way through that jealousy element which I really just wow mm, wow it's just we really did go on through watch out guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> but me I, I'm the sacrificial figure <laughs> but yeah that, 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 that is the end of my story so it's a very interesting story of Skylar and Nice. rest in peace um and you know, I think the role of social media in this was very interesting. Cause it's very interesting that even though it's such a public case, their social media accounts were not closed. They're not private. Yeah, I was wondering about that actually.
0: Like actually,
1: there are a lot of instances where like these kind of accounts are still open of perpetrators and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Like should there be policies in place? Like I feel like it's interesting how like for example like Twitter, they actively like take down certain tweets. Like I mean there's some there's such thing called shadow banning, and mm. like you get shadow banned over like the double shit. So they do things like that, but then they keep these kind of things still available for everyone to see. Exactly. Yeah. Makes you really wonder. I found it so yeah. puzzling, also. We <laughs> yeah, thanks, Shen.
2: Watch out, Chris. Kidding. I'm kidding. FBI is listening. I'm sorry, FBI agent. <laughs> FBI is listening. <laughs>
0: to, our, to our FBI agents watching us through our cameras. <laughs> we love each other. <laughs> would never subtweet each other. <laughs> Ever. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Go on Twitter, subtweets, like I don't Shen. think we had a sub. we ever subtweeted. Right? No, I don't think I <laughs> feel
0: so. like my subtweeting days ended in secondary school. Same, same. Yeah. That was wow. Think about it, it was so childish. Oh, my god. All of us are guilty of subtweeting, but we never killed anyone. Moral of story. Just subtweet. <laughs> Put your anger on social media. Don't don't kill anyone. Don't let yes. it. On- what is my favorite paranormal creature aliens aliens yes Ah. oh no okay listen i am a strong believer in aliens i believe that they exist i don't know if they've made contact but i strongly believe that they exist okay i've had enough existential crises Thinking about the fact that I'm alive, so they must be alive. Just know that I believe they exist. Okay. So today I bring to you, dear listeners, another alien story. <laughs> this time, though oh my it's God, I hope it's not a it's pretty story. interest. What? I
2: hope it's not a love story.
0: Oh no, it's not. Okay, that one was like a one-off. Sorry to Acon. And what was the lady's name? Elizabeth? I can't remember her name. Sorry to Acorn. Acorn. <laughs> this one is an abduction, but oh. the the circumstances of it is pretty interesting. So, yeah, I'm just going to jump right into it. So on August 26, 1976, in Allagash, Maine... Um, A group of friends claimed to have been abducted by aliens. (laughs) So four friends, Jack and Jim Wiener, who are twin brothers, Chuck Rack and Charlie Foltz decided to go on a camping trip to the wilderness of Allagash, Maine. They were all students at the Massachusetts College of Art and Design and wanted to canoe on the Allagash Wilderness Waterway. So, um... On the second night of their two-week-long camping trip, Jim noticed something. He observed a bright light in the sky. So the light was floating above the treetops and when Jim used a pair of binoculars to get a closer look at the object, he described it as a sort of suddenly winking out from the outside edges inwards and then it was like gone. And Jim said that afterwards he felt like a very strange sensation, but Mm. he decided not to think about it. On August 26th, which is the day of the abduction, um, they actually reached Eagle Lake in the evening. So because of that, it was dark and they had to build a bonfire. So the bonfire was also to demarcate where their campsite was. And... After building the bonfire, they decided to go and do some night fishing. So they wanted to catch some trout. Why you would want to go canoeing (laughs) at night to catch trout, I have no idea. But good for them. But (laughs) why? (laughs) Why,
2: I wouldn't
0: know. This guy already already saw a strange bright light. I would have hightailed out of there, man, if I saw a strange light in the sky floating yeah, nah. above the treetops no but yeah, nah. chris you wouldn't anyway, even go to the campsite like you know what
1: <laughs> you're absolutely right <laughs> you wouldn't go out into ninja like voluntarily
0: okay but in my defense okay i have done an intense camping okay i wouldn't call it is it considered intense i've done outward bound singapore so that was pretty intense but like the and sleeping was area go... isn't
1: like wild you know <laughs> Or was it wild?
0: Oh, no. We, we, we did have some wild sleeping areas. We, there was one night where we had to pitch. Okay, sidetracking to my story. There was one night we had to pitch um our tents. And this was like, this was an actual public campsite. So, we pitched our tents there. And I remember um the next morning when we woke up. So, there was this tent that was right across us. So, at night, what we did was we tied glow sticks around trees to like, Show So that we had some light visibility So the The tent across ours Like My friends came out They were like Guys Last night we saw a wild boar There was a wild boar Outside Their tent (laughs) They could see The outline And I was like Oh Okay
1: No No more nature
0: (laughs) No more nature Okay yeah So That I have done some camping I have done kayaking why would you fish at night? I don't know. But you do you. I'm not here to judge. Anyway, so going back to the story, they went to catch fish at night. However, um, as they were like, you know, canoeing, looking for fish, um, Chuck Rack actually felt like they weren't alone. Like there okay. was something in the darkness watching them. And he felt as if someone or something was staring at him from behind. So he turned to look over his right shoulder and he saw a large round globe of light. And this was similar to what Jim had seen a few days before. And it was very bright and it seemed to light up the treetops like daylight. Like he literally described it being like the sun like it was that bright okay so really chuck was like oh shit and he alerted his friends to look at the object and this strange light thing was hovering through okay i'm going to quote this okay gyroscopic motion as if there were pathways of energy flowing equatorially and longitudinally (laughs) longitudinally from pole to pole Basically, it was hovering. Okay, it was like okay. hovering, and so the group was the group was like, "Oh my god!" So they were really really shocked by this thing, and then they decided, "Hey, why not we try to communicate with this thing?" <laughs> At this point, I would like to interject to say, please don't. If you see a strange object, get your ass out of there. Don't make contact with it. Throw back to our um. um previous episode on the black eyed kids yes. just don't don't communicate just get out so anyway Charlie Foles picks up his flashlight and then he like flicks it on and off <laughs> to make out the message SOS <laughs> okay hello. why? and then upon seeing the message the mysterious light released a tube shaped beam of light and there was like a glowing ring with a dark center reflected on the water, meaning that the beam was low. And then it began to move towards them. <laughs> this was when the group of friends realized that they done did messed up and they began to like pedal towards the shore. But the light was following them. The light was literally hot on their heels. And it almost it was as if it was almost catching up to them. And at one point, the light was almost on top of them. And then they finally got back to shore and Chuck said that for some reason they were all like very calm as if nothing happened at all. And the strange thing about this is that the four friends all agreed that at most that they had been out canoeing for about 15 to 20 minutes but when they got back to their campsite the bonfire which was meant to burn for about two to three hours um, essentially was just down to coals so it was as if um, time started to move differently like a longer passage of time happened mm. so while they thought that they were um, out canoeing for 20 minutes and this incident was happening for like less than 20 minutes right Act- in actuality a longer time had passed So, um, this is where I'm going to bring in this idea of, like, missing time. This possibility of missing time. And this will come up slightly later. So, after that night, the four men just... For some reason, they continued with their camping trip. They were, like, (laughs) right aliens, but trout as well. So... (laughs) <laughs> i know they carried out their their trip they spent another 10 days in the wilderness and then they went home and then a few years later in 1988 a few years later the twin is that a few years later wow Ninth... okay like they many years later <laughs> 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 Okay, listen. In 1988, the twin brothers... Okay. (laughs) Jack and Jim Wiener, um, they began to have very strange nightmares. Hmm. So, Jack would dream that he was in a brightly lit room and his brother and their friends were all naked and sitting on some type of bench to his left. What kind of... He, He would describe... Listen, okay. So he would describe that in his dream, he would like wonder why his friends weren't helping him because he could feel a sense of danger, but they were just like sitting there. And while he would wonder why they weren't helping him, he would notice like a dark shadowy figure coming from the light. (laughs) And then he would wake up. Oh. And then, interestingly his twin brother Jim would agree with this dream and he and he would also like um, say that in his dreams he would also see this shadowy figure and that he would feel violated as if they did something to him. And along with these strange dreams, they also mentioned periods of missing time and this bothered them for several years. And finally, Jim's doctor was like, okay, you know what, bro? I'm going to send you to a UFO specialist. What? <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, this is where um, I was like, wow, the US is really fascinated with extraterrestrial life forms. Yeah. You will find out in a bit. So, um, oh, okay. Also, Jim would say... That um, he would awake at night to see some strange creatures surrounding him while he was still in bed. And he also said that sometimes he felt like he was being levitated or he was paralyzed. And he said that he was very sure that these strange creatures were doing something to his genitals. Which I personally found interesting because, like, in, I think a lot of adoptions adoption oh no in a lot of abduction cases um, a lot of these people say that they feel like something had been done to their genitals Mm. yeah so under the advice of his doctor because the doctor was like bro I think you need to see like a UFO specialist (laughs) so Jim contacted um, this UFO researcher by the name of Raymond E. Fowler so he is a he was a UFO researcher, um, and he basically is known for his investigations and research into UFOs. And he wrote a bunch of books on sightings, one of which was the Allegash abductions. But I could not find the PDF of it online, so I could not read it. <sighs> Um, it's only available in physical copy, so there's that. If anyone wants to find out, it's on Amazon. Um, Also, some more information about Fowler, he also served as the director of scientific investigations for MUFON, which stands for the Mutual UFO Network.
1: What the...
0: (laughs) I know. And he even wrote um, a field investigations manual for MUFON. It's like, wow... There are guidelines they have to follow. <laughs> um he also worked as the scientific associate for the center um for UFO studies and was the associate member and eventually chairman of NECAP, which is the National Investigations Community. National Investigations Committee of Aerial Phenomena. Mm. America, why do you have so many committees about aliens? I don't know. But also, is there a way to get membership to move on? Because I would like to find out about that. Anyway.
1: Um,
0: all this information about Fowler is just to say that he... He knows what he's doing with aliens. He's got credentials yeah. about it. So, Jim approached him to like talk about like these strange dreams he was having. So, Fowler actually launched a formal investigation with On. And what Fowler did was he put all four men under hypnosis. Each man would go separately for these um, hypnosis sessions and they would not tell each other about what they remembered. So everyone was kept in the dark and this prevented them from coming up with like a common story together. Mm -hmm. And this investigation was said to be done very carefully and meticulously over a period of two years. So Jack, under hypnosis, actually said that the aliens could somehow get into his head in order to communicate, and the aliens would say, don't be afraid, do what we say, just do what we say. Charlie then described the, the space that they were in as something that was very similar to a doctor's office. He said it was cold, and then they placed like a panel over his chest, and the aliens then scraped their arms, chest, legs, and thighs and then chuck goes on to say that he he actually saw what the aliens were doing charlie and they and he said that the aliens put some device on charlie and it was described as this very curved silvery thing that like sucked up stuff <laughs> and charlie had his head tipped back as if he was in pain and but the thing was chuck and the remaining others they couldn't do anything to help it, to help him Mm. the aliens actually investigated their eyes and mouths with a pencil-like r- rod with a light on his tip they placed the men in harnesses and flexed their arms and legs and the aliens actually took samples of their skin and body fluids such as saliva blood, feces, urine and sperm oh. they were also described as <laughs> Shan's face <laughs> The aliens also described as four-fingered beings with almond-shaped eyes and languid limbs, and these probings, so the stuff they did to them <laughs> took about two hours. So if you look at like alien types or whatever, right? The description of these aliens actually are very similar to what you would call the greys. So the mm-hmm. greys are a type of alien. They're the ones you You kind of see a lot in movies where it's Stereotypical alien. (laughs) Yeah, it's a very stereotypical alien sort of like look. After the aliens were done doing whatever they were doing to them, they were made to dress and were brought to a room which had a round portal. They were lined up and made to walk into the portal which would float them down the beam of light into their canoe. The beam Mm. would hold the canoe steady as they were placed in it. So the reason why I say made to is because um, they, they basically said that the aliens use some sort of like mind control. So this story sort of matches up with what they were saying about how they thought that they were on the canoe for like less than 20 minutes. But by the time they got back to the campsite, the bonfire had like burnt out. Basically, mm. they thought that they were canoeing when actually there was a period of like lost time several hours of lost time because they had been abducted during that time.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. Hopefully what I'm saying makes sense because it's kind of (laughs) complicated. Interestingly, after Fowler conducted these sessions, it turned out that the four men actually had very similar stories to each other and they actually recalled the same events. And this was under hypnosis. So it's essentially like a trance-like state. You know, we all know what hypnosis is. Mm. And the thing with hypnosis is it taps into the subconscious mind. Yeah. Thank you, Google. (laughs) And what Fowler had actually done to them is this thing called hypnotic regression, which is um, often used in therapy to tap into memories. Yeah. Um, Interesting story. Mm, When I was really younger, for some reason, my dad took me to a therapist. I don't know. But um, I've been under... Um, hypnotic regression before and it really does like bring back old memories in like for some reason hmm. a bit detail so yeah hypnotic regression is an actual thing hmm. and the four men actually even took polygraph tests and they all passed the polygraph tests um, the reason why they took polygraph tests was to like sort of verify the story to prove that they were sort of telling the truth you know Um, They were also interrogated, cross-checked, and they had character checks done on them to verify their credibility. And this was basically to do things like rule out, things like psychosis and stuff like that. And it was actually found that the twins, Jack and Jim, had actually been abducted as children and were visited by aliens when they were kids, and that they were actually abducted several times as adults. They just couldn't remember any of it. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where things get a little bit... crazy, I guess. So, they actually found burns on the bottom of Jack's feet, which was taken as evidence of the UFO abduction. There was also... A biopsy like scoop mark above his ankle during one, um, during one of the abductions when he was an adult. This mark was actually found right above a scar he had after an operation for an anomalous lump that suddenly appeared. Okay. Interestingly, his doctors had no idea what the lump was about and actually told him that they, so after surgery, they told him that they sent it to the Center for Disease Control. For examination. When in fact, they sent it to the military. Oh. No. Yeah. Essentially insinuating that this lump was caused by extraterrestrial forces.
2: Wow. Dun dun dun. (laughs)
0: That's a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... Fowler also said that, uh, okay, so what happens is, obviously, when there are stories like this, you have another group of people who who like debunk it, right? So, several psychiatrists and stuff came out. So, one was um, Dr. William Korn. He came out and he was like, I don't think it's true because like memories are unreliable, mm. and because you can actually, f- like, I guess you can fake memories. like You can believe something to have happened and have it be so real and vivid, but it's actually influenced by things like movies and pop culture. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So he was saying that, that that is probably why they said what they said. But Fowler's examination actually said that they took into account things like um, alternate theories like hoaxes fantasy prone personalities psychoses etc and they were all critiqued and eliminated before like you know the final results were like concluded okay. and also interestingly in an interview in 2016 Charles Rack actually came out to say that it was all fake oh. so he said it was fake and they did it for money and um, that on that night that they were doing drugs
1: Oh my god!
0: <laughs> yeah but, but the thing is he admits to seeing the strange light, so I think one of the twins actually went to say that like the reason why he's like retracting his statements because he's actually like afraid or whatever, which could also be okay. true. you don't know, really? um, hmm As of today, the case is actually considered to be one of the landmark UFO abduction cases because there was evidence to prove that aliens are actually real. Mm. I mean, what do you think? Do you think aliens have entered our atmosphere? Are they living hidden (laughs) among us? Shameless plug of our podcast title. Yeah. So... That's the case of the Allegash abduction.
1: Wow.
2: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> you know,
0: initially, I thought this story was going to be very short because for some reason, like, they don't have, like, very detailed articles about this case. So I had to do a lot of digging. And that's where I came across the whole thing about um them thinking that their genitals were messed with. And I was like, wow... <sighs> aliens do be curious I guess
1: <laughs> Maybe they want to Have like a hybrid baby
0: Oh Oh my god You know that feeds into The very like Hollywood definition Of what aliens want Wasn't Like that... have you watched The movie Species? No Okay so in Species right um, what Was it the third movie Or was it the first one I don't know The plot is basically That these aliens Want to procreate
1: Mm. Isn't that wasn't isn't American horror story asylum had an alien thing so Oh yes,
0: yes it yeah. did. But
1: I I'm I can't I can't remember if it was about like hybrid babies or whatever. Yeah, but wasn't the baby like not wasn't the baby like half alien or something? Or of alien. Oh origin? I can't remember. I wasn't can't it? remember, but I guess. One of the characters was pregnant and then like Wasn't was... that
0: Murder House? Is it murder House? Huh? Murder House, and then and then she was Is assaulted not... by. No, that's different. That's not alien. Okay, I can't remember. It's, I can't remember. It's I know there was a. I remember there was a demon baby, but that was in season not... one. I can't remember season two other than um that one scene. Where they sing that one song.
1: Oh. The banana, Oh my god. Yeah, na, 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 Shen, Shen, you should listen to that song. You'll get stuck in it.
0: It's so good. It's, it's really so good. good. Maybe I it's very fun. My it's my siblings actually song. memorized the the format of the song because you can like insert any name into it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh my god. I think you can show your sister that. It's actually quite a cute song. Ah. Uh,
0: yeah,
2: dangerous. it's very cute. She's a dangerous Okay. She'll start singing every day.
0: Yeah. Anyway, um, do y'all believe in aliens? Do you think they have entered our atmosphere? Cause, I mean, it's Area Fifty One, which maybe <laughs> I don't know. I I believe aliens are real. I don't think they've made contact with us. Yeah, same. That is my stance. There's a yeah. There's a
1: Netflix series that is talk about like an how alien worlds might be like an imagined. Like, the Ooh. possibilities of how they could look like.
0: Ooh. Wouldn't it be so boring
1: if alien worlds just look like ours? <laughs> yeah, that's why, like, the series, like, it looks like a, a lot of dinosaur. Not dinosaur, but, like, very fantastical creatures, kind.
0: Yeah, I'm... Aliens, if you're out there, hit <sighs> me up. Email us, hiddenamongus3 mm. at gmail.com. Let us know what your planets look
1: like. <laughs> Just contact Chris, please. Yeah, just contact Chris.
2: <laughs> she's interested in marrying an alien.
1: No, no, she's trying trying to find an acorn. Remember, Shen. She. Oh she wants no! A- she wants an older alien being.
2: FBI if you're listening to this? Christmas is coming. <laughs>
0: no, <laughs> the man in black about to appear at my front door and be like, "Hey, we heard that oh, you're looking oh, for." Oh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode and want to support us, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review and click that follow button on Spotify.
1: You can also listen to us on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon and whatever podcast platform you listen to.
2: And you can follow us on Instagram at KJU podcast. Share us a message or send us a story if you'd like. You can also email us at hiddenamongustree at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and see you guys next week. Goodbye! Bye. Have a good start
0: of the Christmas season and aliens, please, email. Don't come to me.
2: Email. Just email us. Unless you're an
1: older acorn, then maybe Chris will be very interested (laughs) in an older alien being.
2: Yes, yes. She really will. (laughs) Okay, bye!